Welcome to the Holistic Health Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Scollin, and each week I interview everyday people who have transformed their health and the amazing souls supporting them on their journey. Be inspired. Welcome, Megan. It's so fantastic to have you here and to finally, you know, meet you and spend some time and get to know you a bit better. Thank you for joining me and and, um, I wanted to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Cool. Well, tell me a little bit about what life looks like for you right now. What is what is a day or, you know, a week in the life of Megan? What does that look like for you? Life is full. So it's so different to what I ever expected looking back on my journey many years ago. But I'm a wife to my high school sweetheart and I'm a mum to a very, very busy, almost 11-month-old boy, which keeps me on my toes. I'm... Also just about to go back to my day job, you could say, um, finishing off maternity leave. So I'm just trying to, I guess, move into that transition of um, life changing a little bit as well. Um, But I'm also building my business. So I'm an integrative health practitioner and really excited about building that side um, of my career up more. And I'm also currently studying as well to do um, the next level of the integrative health practitioner course as well um, but in between all that I'm also working with my own coach and doing more personal development just to keep really building myself and getting better and getting closer to the person that I want to become just I just love learning so that kind of all I guess encompasses what my life looks like now it's um, it's messy it's crazy it's fun it's scary it's all of the above and I guess that's what makes life um you know, adventurous as well. So, yeah. yeah, that's a bit of a snapshot. It's beautiful. And we are always learning, right? So it's not just we finish school, we never go back to learning. It's almost like that was one part of who we were and now we move into the next stage of who do we really want to be, what do we want to do and what does that look like? And that's a real journey, isn't it? Absolutely. Like I just keep learning more and more things about myself, like peeling back different layers of stuff I've been holding on to that just was really holding me back. So the coach I'm currently working with is an NLP practitioner, which is neuro-linguistic programming, which is so interesting. Like once you start to really take into um, consideration all the things that really hold you back, all your limiting beliefs, it's just mind-blowing. So I'm really noticing, you know, a lot of improvements in my relationships and everything on a deeper level than I thought just working with a business coach would offer me. Yeah. So that's been really great as well and potentially something I'd like to look into doing down the track and offer to my clients is some sort of um, NLP type training because I think that's a huge part of us and our health journey as well as all the mindset around it. Yeah, I'm a massive, um, you know, advocate for the mindset work. I think that that's where we really need to start. We often start outside of ourselves because that's the easiest path to take but when we um, if we want to create real lasting and sustainable change, we actually need to do the mindset work. And I love how um, particularly NLP or any kind of mindset work that you do, once you tackle, you start tackling one particular area, it actually has a flow and effect to all the other areas. Is that what you've found? Yeah, absolutely. It's just, yeah, it just keeps transforming and keeps getting better and better. And I just, yeah, it's going so much deeper than I ever thought was possible, but it's exciting as well. Yeah, and do you find that challenging? So going into those deeper realms, does that get... Oh, absolutely, yeah. So there's been plenty of 
um, coaching sessions where like I'm feeling great at the start and then we start diving deep and I end up in tears and all this stuff's coming up and but it's just part of that process of really working through all those emotions and you know stuff that I'm doing in my everyday life is creating these habits and then creating these situations where I'm not actually achieving the goals I want to achieve because I'm stuck in these little habits so it's bringing all these things to the surface where I'm like oh my goodness I've been doing this for the last 10 years and I haven't even noticed so it's making me super aware of everything I'm doing just yeah keeps getting better and better but it is definitely scary and uncomfortable but it's totally worth it yeah and I totally agree with you like it's so worth it even though that it's going to be really challenging um I've got something I'm going through at the moment and I've got a I've got a person that I'm going to work with but I'm like this is going to be really challenging I'm I just feel really scared about it but I know that it'll be great on the other side and I know that it'll have massive benefits not just to my mindset but to my body and to my health as well so I think that's really important for people to know everything that happens in our life is is effectively manifested into our body. So if we're carrying extra weight or we've got a condition, typically that's something that's going on with our mindset, that some sort of habit that we're continually doing or just uh, some sort of behaviour and it could be just a negative behaviour that we've got going on that we, we're not even aware of. So that's yeah, really absolutely. cool. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So you're, um, you're studying with Stephen Cabral. That really interests me. He's a really interesting character. Are you able to share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, come across Stephen Cabral from Melissa Ambrosini. So I'm sure some of your listeners will already know of Melissa and that's how we met, which I'm really grateful for. Um, but I heard about him on one of her podcasts and it was just like a light bulb moment went off for me as I was kind of in the depths of my healing journey and I was just couldn't figure out how to get well. And then he showed up in my life and literally just transformed it. So I really looked at it from a much deeper level than conventional medicine or even, you know, other health practitioners looked at and found a lot of the underlying root causes to why I was unwell. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he literally, like, it sounds a bit irrational, but he brought me back to life. Like I was in a really, really bad place. Mm-hmm. And... He, yeah, he brought me back to life. He made me feel alive again and like I actually wanted to achieve my goals and live my life to the best of its ability where, you know, once I was struggling to get out of bed because mm-hmm. I was just, you know, that upset that I just didn't know if I could keep going on. And, um, yeah, I couldn't eat any food. I stopped going to social events. I was constantly being asked from people, you know, why you're so thin and, you know, and as a side note, like that's, can be just as offensive to someone who's really struggling with their health and their weight to say that um, as saying calling somebody fat or overweight. Like it's people probably don't realise that commenting on somebody being underweight, you don't know what anyone's going through. Right, yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, so he really just helped me transform my health from a foundational level and, yeah, that's why I had to go on and do his certification because it just it transformed my life. That's beautiful. And Stephen Cabral comes from the, the like philosophy that the body is always seeking balance. So if some sort of health issue is coming up, well, why is, why is that happening? What is the body seeking to balance out? What is the challenge that's going on there? And he's, yeah, as I say, he's a really interesting character, but so knowledgeable. Yeah. Um, yeah, so really inspiring. And Melissa does have a lot of podcasts with him. He's like, besides Nick, her husband, he's like the top 
guests that she has on the show, but Stephen also has his own podcast that for the listeners that they can um, jump onto. And listen oh, absolutely, to yeah. yeah. He's got his own podcast called The Cabral Concept mm-hmm. and um, it's amazing. It's quite science-y, um, but he's also got his Mindset and Monday Motivations, which I really love as well. It's a really beautiful way to start the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I found so much hope in him because he was sicker than I was. Mm. So I thought like to him to be like, well, if he can heal all of these things that are going on in his life, um, then I can too. So it made me just be able to, I guess, connect with him on that level and, yeah, he really is just incredible, the work he does. So I would highly recommend um, anyone who's struggling with health issues and you just can't find answers to yeah. sort of follow along his philosophy. Yeah, and he really gave you the belief, the belief that you yeah. could. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, which I think was a big um, sticking point for me yeah. is that, I was kind of convinced that, you know, after being told by conventional medicine for the last, you know, five years that I couldn't get well, like there's nothing wrong with me. Like I'm basically they told me that I was making it all up and I, you know, was feeling things that weren't there. So it's really just enlightening, I guess, to experience working with him to be like, whoa, like all this stuff came up that he found through his lab testing that was never found through conventional medicine. So that was a pivotal moment for me for my healing journey, but a big part of it was that mindset that he led me to believe that actually I I can get well, Mm. which was a catalyst then for my healing journey. Mm. And I think you touched on a really good point there that conventional medicine typically looks for inflammation in the body, so um, like infection in the body, not necessarily the full inflammation but infection. So they're looking at particular markers as opposed to what Stephen does and a lot of functional doctors they look broader than that. They want to see more that's going on into your body. Um, and I think that's a really important part, uh, point for people to realise that, sure, conventional medicine has its part, but so does the holistic side and they're going to look, look so much deeper. Than, yeah, than. definitely, because, I mean, a lot of the blood tests and um, procedures and that that I was having done, like they were all saying that I was perfectly healthy. Mm. And I couldn't get out of bed. I was, you know, I knew that I wasn't healthy and yeah. That's it's just a much more sensitive level. So they look at a lot of the excretion instead of like typical blood tests. You know, you're looking at urine and hair samples and stool tests and it's the excretion of all that waste within your body that Stephen's lab test can pick up on, whereas conventional medicine, like it's just a blood test and it's not to that sensitive level. Yeah. Um, and I think too, like the, the scale of like, oh, no, you're good, like for thyroid, for example, if your TSH is a five, like that's, you know, considered normal. But for Stephen, he doesn't want it anywhere like over a 2.5. Mm. So it's, it's a different scale in terms of where you're at with those ranges as well. It's a lot more sensitive. So Yeah. And, again, an interesting point, like it's like supplements, do you know what I mean? Um, it's the recommended daily dosage, but perhaps your body isn't absorbing that RDI. So you need to then talk to somebody and get get a better understanding of your body so that then you can get the right dosage that you need for your body. It's that bioindividuality that's so key. It is absolutely key, yeah. So take us back to where it all started for you. Where did this journey, um, where did you start getting ill? You know, what was the start of your, your journey? Sure. So for me, I developed an anorexia in high school. So I had an eating disorder that was very heavily exercise obsessive. Um, and like putting, you know, working my way through my journey now, looking back, I think a big part of it was that I felt out of control with what was going on in my life and I could control my food. So it kind of started there. 
Um, I think alongside just that feeling of wanting to fit in with all your friends that are, you know, quite thin and, you know, just that society pressure around what's deemed as um, what you should look like, I suppose. Um, So I think there was all sorts of factors that kind of led me to that point, but um, it was really that was kind of a catalyst because the eating disorder caused my health to just absolutely decline after that because my body was so depleted um, and that kind of set me then on my journey to figure out a way to get better from that point. Yeah, which is amazing. So it's that whole control, you know, so you didn't have control in one area of your life but then you know that you can control the food component and you can control your exercise as well, like that you have that full, um, you know, full ability to then go, well, what what can I achieve in this space? And, it, you know, I'm going to say that... Um, you're not unique in that space there's a lot of people whether it be a varying degree of an eating disorder um, that are in society and living functionally and doing all the things but they're still so controlling in their food space because they don't understand um, what it's actually doing and they're not looking at their life holistically effectively and saying what can I do in that space absolutely and like I've learned like it took me a long time to even be able to speak about it and I carried so much guilt around what have I done to my body. But now looking back, like, I'm grateful for the fact that it happened to me because it's put me on this journey to hopefully help others as well. And I've learned so much along the way now that it's just invaluable to be able to help others. So I really changed the way that I'm looking at it from a mindset perspective as well. Yeah. That, um, yeah, like I've been able to heal myself from all of that and there's plenty of other people out there as well that can heal. Even if it's not, you know, didn't come from having an eating disorder, people are dealing with all these chronic illnesses on a daily basis and, mm. yeah, it's just it doesn't have to be the reality. So that's what I want to be able to share with people that they can choose to get well. Yeah, absolutely. And you said you also had hypothyroidism. Can you yeah. That a little bit for for us. How did that manifest for you? How did that play in? Was it was it because of the um, anorexia, or was it separate to that? Um, it was separate to that. So I, with all my lab testing, found out that my thyroid um, was low, and then um, going through like a stressful birth experience for me um, really tipped it over the edge, um, and that's where I went into like clinically diagnosed hypothyroidism where I had three medical doctors tell me that this was it. This I had to take medication for the rest of my life and, you know, that's just what it is to get my body back um, to working functionally. And I didn't subscribe to it. So I'm a bit stubborn in that way because I'm a very big advocate of natural health and because I've learned all of this knowledge from Stephen as well that that doesn't have to be my reality. I'm not, I don't have to take medication for the rest of my life. So I did a lot of um, natural um, like added different supplements into my diet. I changed my diet as well, different lifestyle factors, and I now have a healthy thyroid. So to go from what they deem really as an incurable illness to now being able to support myself back to healing and equilibrium yeah. um, is a really empowering thing to be able to do with your own health and not rely on a doctor to say, this is it, this is, this is your life now, this is just what can happen. Here's all the side effects from the medication that you might have to take forever. Um, but, you know, they don't really go into that in a lot of detail. It's just like deal with it like this is it. And I just knew that, no, that's not something I'm going to subscribe to. There's another way. 
Um, so yeah, I just modified a lot of my lifestyle factors, and yeah, and it's something I might have to monitor um, down the track as well, and just keep an eye on. But I've got a whole tool belt now full of resources yeah. that I can um, help myself and help others um, as well to really just not have to accept when they're given a diagnosis which really is just a label for a set of symptoms. It doesn't have to be something that becomes who you are. Mm. And that's something that I'm really passionate about as well is that people just kind of accept it because that's what a doctor tells them because you trust a doctor, um, which I fully get and I was in that position. But now knowing what I know, it doesn't have to be the reality. That's right. And you ta- you took back the power effectively. You took back your ownership of your own health. And rather than somebody dictating outside of you how it should look, what it how it looks, feels, how, you know, who you are effectively, they're giving you an identity. Yeah. Um, you went, no, 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 that doesn't work for me. Like I'm yeah. I can't, yeah, I'm not gonna go into that and I'm not gonna prescribe to it. Yeah. So how did you innately know that? Like, we, is it an intuitive thing within you that you went, there's got to be something different, like there's got to be a different way? Yeah, definitely. I think part of the knowledge that I've received through my study, but it's also me intuitively knowing in myself that medication isn't something that agrees with me well, which I'm really thankful for. And I spent a long time in my life being frustrated with the fact that I can't take, like I could never take the contraceptive pill because it made me so sick and I'm so grateful now looking back that, I, you know, it doesn't agree with me. Um, So I just sort of knew in that moment, but for people listening, like it wasn't easy either. So sitting in that doctor's surgery as well, like doctors have got a certain way of the way they've been trained Mm -hmm. and it's uncomfortable to have that conversation to say, well, look, thank you, I respect your opinion, but... I'm not going to listen to it. And doctors, depending on your doctor, isn't overly open to natural health. Um, And I've been lucky to find a local doctor that is still very um, medically trained but allows me that flexibility if I want to trial some natural things first and just see if they work. Um, Yeah, and I think they were a little bit shell-shocked when I went back after. So I saw all three different doctors to get their opinion with the hypothyroidism and then I went back and had to get my levels checked again and they were all completely normal and she said okay so you're still taking your medication and Mm -hmm. I said I haven't I didn't take one single tablet because I didn't want to um and she was quite shocked like "How, how did you do that like that's not really possible like you know so I think sometimes you just go and you just feel into it and just know that yeah there's another way if it doesn't feel right to you like when I got that diagnosis every part of my being was just repelling it. Mm. I felt sick. I felt like, no, like I felt almost like I was being put in a box and a label was being stuck on it and like I was going to be put on that shelf forever with all those other people that are just taking medication. And I just, it didn't feel good to me. It didn't, like I'm completely love natural non-tox lifestyle Mm. and I know enough about taking medications forever and what it can do to your body and it's just a Band-Aid approach. So for the thyroid, like taking, you know, that medication's not really doing anything for the thyroid. It's just putting a Band-Aid approach on it. So what I chose to do is to fuel my body with all the foundational elements that your thyroid needs to function healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where I got my progress. Amazing. Amazing. So it's, it's coming back to the root cause and it's coming back to what does your thyroid need to function properly and then going with that low-tox lifestyle, which, you know, is a really buzzword and has been a buzzword for a few years, you know, about low-tox living. But 
people um, really struggle to give up their identity around the things that are actually toxic in their lifestyle and they say that they need them or want them, whatever it might be, but in reality, do they actually need to? And it's coming back to it's a change of identity that they need to come back into and that's a real mindset shift, you know. So <laughs> coming back in and being okay with, well, I'm going to change from this person to, to this new yeah. version of myself and I'm going to stand and believe that this is enough and that I'm enough and that I can believe that I can be well again. Yeah. That can be hard. Like it's probably 90% of the challenge, you know what I mean? Definitely. And it's a habit thing too. Like I think for people that grew up in a household, they always purchase that product, you know, yeah. and they've probably used it for the last 10, 15, 20 years to then go against everything they know to trial something different and, you know, kind of be seen as a bit of a hippie or a bit of an alternate sort of person can be uncomfortable for people that are surrounded by those people that don't really understand it. But I think from a deeper level, like everything we put onto our skin goes into our bloodstream Mm. and we don't, with food, like, you know, we've got acid in our stomach that helps protect us and break things down we don't have that when we're putting things onto our skin like it's literally directly going into our bloodstream into our lymph nodes like and you've got all these rises in cancers and all this stuff like I think people just need to understand that it comes back to all the toxins that are surrounding us in our environment and it's what we're doing every day what matters it's not this new beauty supplement that you know is going to save us and de-stress us or whatever it is it's what we're doing every day just to help keep our bodies detoxed yeah um to really keep yeah keep us healthy so I sort of overhauled my whole life because I think once you've you've been you've hit rock bottom and you've experienced what it what it is to lose your health you never want to go back there yeah so I'm probably a little bit more um active in that space of natural health because I didn't get a choice like to lose your health, I can't even explain in words what that feels like mm. for someone who hasn't really hit that point. Um, but I'll spend the rest of my life trying to help people not reach that point because mm. I know what it feels like to be there. Mm. So I think it's, yeah, it's just a slow step and it, it doesn't have to be a full overhaul for people. It can be just changing one product. Yes. You know, start small, like just looking into your shampoos. Yeah. Do you know what every ingredient is on your shampoo bottle and what it does to your body? And just swapping out one product to start with, you know, getting a water filter, just doing one thing at a time to slowly start to just transform your life and reduce those toxins to allow your body that space to heal. Because when it's inundated all the time with toxins, it can't do that. Mm. I'm I'm just nodding as I listen to you, like (laughs) a massive advocate for everything that you're talking about. And it's so important. Like I started from a postnatal depression journey, but slowly all of this sort of uh, we had a bit of mold in the house as well so it was like okay what do we need to clean out and what are the problems what are the physical symptoms that we're having um, because of this so I literally just did a whole take all the chemicals out of the house they went into the rubbish bin even perfume that I had my husband had just bought me a a really nice expensive bottle of perfume um, and I just went no that's got to go in the bin like I just it's and I can't even give it to anybody because I don't yep. want anybody else to get sick. So yep. it's just got to go out and it never comes back into our house. Yep. And, it, you know, like you say, if you can control your environment, that's all you can control. I can't control everything that's happening outside of us, but I can control my home. Yep. And, um, and uh, you know, people who come into my home then get the benefit of that as well. Um, I can't necessarily 
control everything that's going on outside in the world, but it's, it's you know, start with yourself, start with one product, just start investigating. There's lots of apps out there that can support you around chemical toxicity. There's lots of um, Facebook pages like and Instagram pages like yours and mine, you know, that are supporting people to make these simple changes to then create more wellness in their life. Oh, you speak my language. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little, let's come back to the anorexia a little bit. Yeah. When did, so you were in that space and I imagine there were a lot of mind games going on. So it wasn't just about the food that you were eating and controlling that. It would have reflected around all areas of your life. When did you realise, what was the change that you had to make um, to then shift out of that and go, I need to get some help or what did that look like for you? So... I think for me, like, so for anorexia, like, it completely is a psychological disorder. So it really came down to it basically, like, when I try and explain it to people, it's kind of like, for those that have children, it's sort of like you lose your child in a supermarket mm-hmm. and it's that, that feeling that fills your body of just pure fear is all the time. It's mm-hmm. like it never goes away. So you, you're kind of fighting this battle within yourself for every single decision, like so everything that happens, every conversation that you have, anything that happens in your life is heightened because you're just in this like, you know, fight or flight state all the time. And that's kind of the best way I've been able to really put it into words of what it feels like to live with an eating disorder. So it's just like you've constantly got this black cloud, this negative um, person speaking down on you all the time, which takes away that beautiful personality of yourself that should really be experiencing life, but it kind of that gets taken away because it's the eating disorder talking. Mm-hmm. So a big pivotal moment for me was being able to separate the two. And um, on a bit wider of a scale, like Melissa Ambrosini talks about this too with the mean girl, is that give them an identity. Mm-hmm. So for me that worked because I could really try and disassociate the eating disorder from me because that was a battle I was having it's like I don't know who I am anymore I've got this person that's just telling me I'm horrible I'm ugly I'm fat like all these horrible horrible words and you start to believe them you know Mm. when it's you're being told every single day these horrible things and so I associated the eating disorder as a separate entity and just that in itself worked really well for me to be like no it's just the eating disorder talking not me So every time the eating disorder would pop up and say something in my mind, I would reframe it and turn it into something good. And so just that constant um, practice of doing that regularly just kind of helped quieten down that voice. And um, I think there was some other things that went on as well. Like I was lucky enough not to be hospitalised, but I was on the brink. So basically the doctors, you know, were saying to me that if you don't put on weight um, Mm. with this next week, you'll be going into hospital and for me, like, I'm just very, very um, stubborn, I guess you could say, and I didn't want that to me. I didn't want to be in this clinical setting where there's people there forcing food down my throat and I just, you know, I knew I had a picture of what that would look like and that wasn't for me. So that was kind of the catalyst really that helped me to be like, no, you know, as, as uncomfortable as it is now to try and force myself to eat to put on weight it's going to be better than what I'm going to have to deal with in hospital. And I also was shown a video of an anorexic woman at the end of her life. Mm. So she was, she'd reached a point where it was too far gone 
And that for me was just, oh, like all I've ever wanted to be in my life was a mom and have a family and do all that, 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 you know, that life has to offer. And I just kind of took one look at myself and almost sort of took a step out of my body and realised that if I don't change what I'm doing, that's potentially going to be my reality. Mm. So I just decided in that moment that that was it. Like I can no longer allow this eating disorder to take over my life to end up down that path because I've got so much more that I want to share with the world and I want to do in this world and I want to leave a a legacy and do all these things that I can't do if I choose that path. So it was kind of in that moment where I just said enough is enough. Um, It wasn't easy and I just kind of took one step at a time and just bite-sized pieces, so literally one meal at a time and just started to slowly try and change that association I had with myself. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, over time it just started to dwindle and that voice got quieter and quieter. I started putting on weight and, and, I mean, the more weight you put on, you sort of, you're getting back those neurotransmitters and your brain can actually function better. So it's sort of like the more weight I put on, the clearer my head got and it was getting a little bit easier to kind of step out of that. Um, that shadow I guess yeah so definitely the brain like the brain kicking back in was wasn't so much about what I looked like anymore it was actually I'm coming more back into myself and that was kind of your bonus or the benefit of doing the work that you were doing yeah definitely so yeah it kind of definitely came back to just realizing that yeah I didn't want to choose I didn't want this life to take over and yeah I just made that decision within myself then and like I have um spoken to a few girls since with eating disorders and like their mothers as well and they're kind of not at a point where they are able to reach that yet um so I think it's not just a matter of like oh I'm going to choose to decide you know to switch that person off because it doesn't really work like that it just for me um was that process of separating that voice Mm -hmm. and then working really really hard at you know journaling affirmation like I did lots and lots of things on the side as well meditation all those sort of things to really just try and rewire my brain to think that like positive things as opposed to negative and then it sort of changed my association with food as nourishment as opposed to food being the enemy yeah so can you share us with us some of the affirmations that you use during that stage yeah definitely so I still use them to this day um so it's just things like I am enough you know, food is there to nourish me. I am beautiful just the way I am. All these types of positive things that it really helped me to move through that stage. But just, you know, things like I've got a lot to offer this world and um, I am worthy and comes back to a lot of those things. Like I think a lot of people have that core belief that they're not good enough mm. and it holds them back. So um, I just told myself that over and over and over and over again like a broken record And every time the eating disorder would pop up and say, like, um, you know, like you look fat in those pants or whatever, I would just reframe it, reframe it just to say that, you know, your body is meant to have curves and took it back to a place that was emotionally connected for me. I want to be a mother. I want to be, I want my body, build my body to a point where I can support another life. So it was all these things that um, I tried to just tap into those emotional connections of things I really wanted in my life and that meant something to me. And then just focused on them. Yeah. The less I focused on that voice, the the quieter it got. Yeah. And it still pops up, right? Occasionally, yeah. it will still be there. It's not yeah. that it goes away and 
that, you know, that magically you're cured effectively. There's yeah. be those voices that pop up even like even if it's not around food or, you know, your body or anything like that. It could just be about, you know, you've, you're launching your 12-week program. It could just be about that, like that, you know, who am I to put that out in the world, those sorts of things. So I think that's an important part for everybody to understand that it's a, we're on a journey and we're constantly having these, I guess, challenges within our mind and our mind is there trying to keep us safe tells us we're safe but we, we're ready to grow yeah. and being okay in that space yeah definitely mm. and yeah like it comes up every day <laughs> so, and you know it's definitely not as loud as it used to be but it's whenever I'm stepping into that uncomfortable new kind of space which I'm doing all the time because I'm growing and growing um that it's sitting there trying to protect me and saying no like you know you're not ready to do this or you know just trying to hold me back but I guess I'm in a good enough place now in my life to acknowledge that that's okay, like that I'm ready to step out and show the world what I've got to offer and, yeah, I'm going to close the door on that voice and, you know, open many, many more doors that are a lot more empowering. Exactly and exciting and your life is going to grow and it's not always going to be, you know, sunshine and roses. There are going to be challenges and you're going to have crying days and you're going to be feeling depleted but you know that you're going to keep moving forward no matter what. Yeah, definitely. And so being told that you may not be a mother, that was, you know, really challenging for you, but now you have an 11-month-old. Can you run us through some of the challenges in that space before you got to be pregnant? Oh, absolutely. So as I said, like all I've ever wanted to be was a mum. And as part of that healing journey, I um, knew that because I wasn't in a really good place health-wise before I did all the labs and met Stephen Cabral. And I wanted to make sure that everything was okay in that space in case it took me time to fall pregnant. So I went and seen a special, a really well-known specialist um, and he wanted to do some more investigative surgery. So I agreed to that because I wanted some answers. And he diagnosed me with PCOS, so polycystic ovarian syndrome. And um, when I woke up from the procedure, he basically found that I had um, one of my fallopian tubes was completely dead. And he said, you know, you must have experienced some level of trauma, which I haven't. Like I've had nothing really happen that I can pinpoint for that to happen. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and there was some other stuff there as well. And he sort of said to me, look, if I'm being perfectly honest, the chances of you being able to conceive naturally are very, very slim. So your best chance is to go through IVF. And my whole body just depleted in that moment because for me that doesn't do you know chemicals and that doesn't I know that I can't have medication to flood my body with that um to try and conceive a baby just didn't really match up for me Mm -hmm. and I fully like you know trust in that process for other people and that's their journey but just for me in that moment it just didn't feel right Mm -hmm. And for someone to be told, like, you know, a very well-known specialist that, you know, you're potentially not going to be able to have children of your own was, that was just the pivotal moment for me where I just went, no way, Jose. (laughs) (laughs) So I wasn't going to accept, like, I was upset in that moment, of course, yes, because it's scary and you don't really know. And I sort of, all these feelings were coming up, was the eating disorder, like, all the guilt I had around that, had I created this situation for myself had I you know my future my partner at the time now husband had I taken that opportunity away from him to have a family naturally 
because of that choice that I made. So there was lots of things coming up that I've since worked through. Um, And, yeah, I think that was just the pivotal moment for me to say, no, this is not it. There has to be another way for me to get my health back and to be a mum. And I just believe from my inner core that I was going to be a mum because that's what I've always wanted and I visualised that I could just see it happening um, and I knew that there just had to be another way and I just persisted until I found it and, yeah, thank you to Dr Stephen Cabral. He was able to give me that gift. Incredible. That's beautiful. And it comes back again to that belief that you had that at your core I'm always going to be a mum and I've just got to work through. I've got to get curious about what's going on in my body and try and figure out what's what's going on in my mind as well and then move through and, you know, unfortunately found Stephen and was able to work through that with him. I imagine there were some other tools that you used along the way. You've already talked about meditation and journaling, uh, visualisation. Are there other tools that you find important in your life that um, that have certainly helped you on your journey? There's so many things. <laughs> um, a big part for me was self-love. So just really, I guess, coming back to that place because especially, you know, after having an eating disorder, like I didn't feel you know, beautiful and I didn't feel sexy and I didn't feel just that I didn't love myself. Mm. So I found so much healing in really just establishing that relationship with myself again and just, you know, exploring and discovering all the ways that what makes me special. And, yeah, I just really put a lot of time and energy into really honouring myself, respecting myself and loving myself And I think that was a huge part of my healing journey as well because I think once you start changing that relationship with what you're telling your body and what you're eating, you know, if you respect your body, you want to put beautiful, organic, healthy foods into it, not trash it with, you know, crap food. And we all have days where we crave like chocolate or whatever else it is. But on a day-to-day basis, I think having that ultimate respect for your body really allows it to heal you know like if you're constantly telling your body that oh yuck you know you don't like the way you look or it's broken it it can't heal all these sorts of things like it's not going to heal so I just started to learn more about that connection with the mind and body and really just honed in and um just learn to trust myself to know Mm. that I've got this I can find a way to heal myself and yeah self-love was a big part of that yeah well, I'm a massive advocate with self-love as well. I did a 500 days of self-love on, you know, Facebook posts. Yeah. Um, and that was driven for me, like, one, my intuition was telling me to do it, but then there was also this other piece where too many people for me in my news feed were coming up and saying, you know, life is shit, life is bad. And I'm like, oh, we need to stop, we need to we need to reframe and we need to find a better way and, and what does that look like? And I think that's a real cornerstone for anybody um, just to start you just start with one thing and it's not about going I was saying to someone yesterday it's not about going and getting your nails done that can certainly be what a thing that you do but look at the intention of why you're doing it are you running away from something or are you running towards something and and running towards is always going to be more you know beneficial but if you are running away you still have a look at what you're running away from so open those doors which is really cool definitely and for me too like awareness was a big part of it so really just I didn't have any idea about, you know, all the the things I was telling myself on a daily basis or the habits that I was doing that were actually 
causing more issues for my health, you know, like watching TV before bed and then complaining that I can't sleep, like all these things that I just had to start addressing of how, what can I do in this moment to allow my body that restful state to sleep? You know, it's like not being on screens right up until you go to sleep and then just expect your body to switch off or um, be aware of all the thoughts that you're telling yourself on a day-to-day basis um, and really just trying to start to shift them and change them into something positive and not allowing those thoughts to rule your world. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So what is something that you do for self-love then? What is, um, you know, an activity? It doesn't have to be on a daily basis, but what is something that you do in your life for self-love? Something I really love to do is um, dry brushing and be younger. So I try and do them um, on a daily basis. I like to do it when I wake up in the morning. Just after, you know, being asleep for eight hours or so when your body's all a bit stagnant, it's just really getting up and moving. And with dry brushing, it really helps get your lymph going. Mm -hmm. So it really activates your lymphatic system. It um, helps to decongest your skin. It's really great for circulation. It's got lots of different benefits. So I really feel a big difference if I'm doing it on a daily basis. And then I really love to do Abhyanga, which is an Ayurvedic self-massage technique. So I use, um, for those that know about Ayurveda, I'm a Vada through and through. So I like to use sesame oil to really calm that sort of Vada state um, within me. And then I add essential oils. So I usually typically add oils that support my nervous system. Mm -hmm. Um, I particularly love lavender. It's kind of my signature go-to, which is a really beautiful oil to use just to calm and really connect with the body. And I think too with the self-massage is just how often are we taking the time just to touch our skin and connect with our body? I think that's a really beautiful process as well. And like I try and incorporate while I'm doing it, just some deep breaths. And I talk to my body. I like thank it for everything it does for me and just you know, to allow me to experience a new day and just bring about what will be, like, today will be a good day. Like, tell myself these affirmations. In that process of self-massage, I find just sets up my day. Like, when I don't do it, I really notice a difference. So that's that's something I really love to do, to just honour my body in that moment and just at least take, you know, 10, 15 minutes for myself at the start of the day before the day enters and gets crazy and chaotic. Um, but I just find that I really love doing that. And then if you jump and have a hot shower as well, like with the essential oils, it allows the oils to diffuse further into your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel a lot calmer doing yeah. practice regularly. Oh, that was, that's making me calm. Just listen. <laughs> I'm so relaxed. <laughs> like you said, we don't touch our bodies often enough or we're so rushed, like we just go, let's just do, get the quick fixes and just move through what we need to do because I've got to get out and do blah, blah, blah. But if you just get up five or ten minutes earlier, you know, go to bed five or ten minutes earlier because, you you know, as you said, turn off the screens, get away from the TV, turn off your devices and, you know, get that that little bit more time in the morning can make such a difference or make such a difference to your day. And as you said, set it up how you want to set it up and then live your day according to that um, intention. It's beautiful. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for our beautiful chat. I know that we could sit here and talk for hours. (laughs) Um, But I'm wondering what's something that we can do to serve you? So you've provided all this beautiful information to us and and I'm sure this will resonate with so many different people. But what's something that we can do to serve you? Something that you can do to serve me? Um, I think just really 
taking a look into your your food choices and really understanding where your food is coming from you know like sitting for food to sit on in transit for hours on and actually depletes the nutritional quality of it Um, and choosing organic where you can as well so you know there's been all these studies now that are showing that with pesticides like it causes cancer and it causes all these different chronic health conditions and we're eating that on a daily basis so I think just that principle of learning where your food's coming from choosing organic and supporting those farmers as well so that they can make more of it and it be more affordable for people um you know and I think a lot of people don't realize too with the pesticide side of things is that they actually feed lab rats pesticides one single pesticide to give them cancer Mm. to test chemotherapy drugs and like it is a higher dose obviously of pesticides that they give the rat but you know, we're consuming these pesticides on a daily basis. So it's just something for people to be really mindful of because it's at the core of so many health conditions Mm -hmm. and it's something so simple. And I've got on my Instagram account bio, um, I've got an EWG, which is the um, environmental working group who has the clean, the Dirty Dozen and Clean 15. I've got my own sort of version that I've done up for people and it's completely free. It just shows you the most heavily dense pesticide um, fruits and vegetables and then the clean 15. So if you can't, you know, buy everything organic, which is completely understandable for people, it's just giving you a bit of an idea of, you know, at least if you can get these 12 organic, um, you know, it's a really great starting point. And I think from an environmental perspective as well, like if we're all changing the way that we're buying food and we're supporting these organic foods, you know, they're going to start spraying less and less pesticides on everything that's going into the air, that into our water, into everything, which yeah. will really have a massive effect for, you know, the health system as well. Yeah. So that's a really big thing I think that we can all do just to really transform the food system. And, um, you know, it seems big picture, but it all starts with us. So that's something that's really close to my heart. And if people can do one thing, yeah. um, it's just, you know, you think about how much food that you consume if it cannot be covered in pesticides, then that's going to be incredible for your health. So, yeah, that's just something I really like to encourage people to try and start doing. Yeah, and I'm an advocate for organic food too, like just to pair it back. And, you know, some of the stories that come up for people around buying organic is one is the price of it and two is the convenience, that it's not as convenient. But it actually is. You know, if you think about it, you want to go and get a Sunday coffee, you can just go down to your farmer's market while you're getting your coffee, walk around, grab some organic food from the organic farmers, and then you're done. Like it's just such a beautiful process because you're going to go out anyway or make that an, an outing in your family. Yeah. And from a purchasing perspective, what I've personally found is by eating organic, I actually eat less. Yeah. I don't know if you've had that same experience, but I tend to, I just eat less. We don't spend as much money on the food and it's almost like um, the what you buy perhaps from a supermarket or whatever is so expanded and it's got those chemicals in it you actually need more because your body's not getting the nutrients from it so it's it's that whole um so you might pay a little bit more for it I don't think it's a lot more these days um but it's definitely going to be beneficial one because your healthcare costs will come down as well but also your grocery bill will come down so just food for food for thought for people and you definitely have touched on something too there with the healthcare side of it like you know, it may cost a little bit more now to eat organic, but what is it going to cost you with your health down the track? And more importantly, not even a dollar value, but what does your health cost you when you lose it? You know, what what flow-on effect does that have with your work, with your family, you know, being able to provide, all these types of things that I think 
goes so much deeper and is so much more important than people concerned about, you know, their weekly grocery bill just being that little bit higher. Yeah. So, yeah, and, I mean, not everyone has the means to do it, but I think by shopping at your local farmer's markets, you'll be surprised that it really isn't that much more expensive if you kind of, you know, learn, you know, shop in season and, and even if you're just starting with that dirty dozen and buying them organic, like that's a huge step in the right direction. Definitely. And the Dirty Dozen is a great way to, you know, look at it from that perspective. So you separate the two and, you know, the Clean 15, great. Go on, you know, buy those, you know, just just make those smarter choices, you know, and and be informed, I guess, is the point as well. So that's good. Well, thank you again so much. I've really enjoyed our conversation. We have so much in common. Which is, a, which is beautiful, especially around the low-tox life and, and everything. But thank you for sharing your health journey. I know it's been challenging, but I really love that, you know, where you're, where you're going. And I love following you on Facebook. There's, um, sorry, Instagram. There's so much um, value in the posts that you put up. So thank you for all of that. Where can people follow, you, follow along with you? Where's the best places to find you? Sure. Well, thank you so much for your kind words as well. It's been an absolute pleasure being able to share my story with people as well and um, connecting with you. But I would definitely love anyone who is interested in learning more to come over to my Facebook page, so it's just Blurring Wellness, or my Instagram where um, probably most of my energy is spent at the moment. And my Instagram handle is just at Blurring Wellness 2019 and all my website, so it's just www.blurringwellness.com and I've got all my contact details on there anyway. Um, but Florin Wellness is just spelled F-L-O-R-I-N, wellness. So for anyone who's wondering what the hell Florin Wellness means, <laughs> it means to flourish from within. So I get lots of people calling me Florin, um, <laughs> thinking that that's my name, but it actually, yeah, it means to flourish from within, which is my whole journey and um, really just taking ownership of our health and allowing our bodies to really flourish from within. So that's kind of the core of why I wanted to call my new business um Lauren that's beautiful and as I say to my six-year-old health is health creates choices for us so when we have better health and when we are you know when we are fulfilled and flourishing from within then we can actually go out into the world and we can turn we can cycle that day or we can just go and catch up with a friend and all the things we don't have to say no because you know like your experience you can't get out of bed on a daily basis so health really does create those choices so thank you very much no worries thank you so much for having me Thank you for joining me on my Holistic Health Podcast. It's been great to have you and I have a few small favours to ask so we can spread the word about this podcast further and encourage others to dive into their health journeys. Firstly, head over to susanscollin.com and tell us what resonated with you. Secondly, subscribe and leave a five-star review. The next thing I'd really love you to do is to share this episode with someone you love and head over to my private Facebook group, Holistic Health with Susan Scollin, and continue to up-level your own health and wellness. Thank you so much for being here.